This is The Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard the man. Your opinions are welcome here in The Bullpen on this Wednesday afternoon. Did I hear that right? I think you did. Did I hear that man right? I don't know. What do you think he said? 834-1027. Area code? 512. That's right. Okay, cool. cool. That's right. 512. I almost said 425 or 206, which... Oh, up there in the PAC Northwest? Yep. Exactly. In uh, It just shows that never goes away. In Apple Country? Up there? Apple Country, uh, Hop Country. Pothead Country. Marijuana Country. Yeah. Oh, hey, we were on the same page there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> See you. You and me? Yeah, that's why they threw us... Same person. That's why we're on the air together here. Interesting. On the bullpen. That's crazy. 1027 ESPN. As you heard there, 512-834-1027 is the number. I'm Patrick Osborne. He is Brandon Elkins. And welcome to another hour of the bullpen. How you doing over there, dude? Great to I see heard, you. I heard your voice crack like a, like a 12-year-old. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> How dare you, man? Look, it happens. It does happen. I did that on purpose. Nothing to be ashamed I promise it. I did it's that It's a natural purpose. part of uh, growing up. The voice crack. Uh, so I wish I was that young. <laughs> I know. Me too, dude. I can't even remember. <laughs> In a few decades, at least. We don't need to tell people that. Well, I don't care. I sound young. Uh, I, I look young, so I am going to pretend to be young. I rock the gray beard with pride. That's so true. I, I don't. Look, I, don't uh, I wish I could grow a quarter of that. You can. And you see where I'm going here. There's nothing there. They make plugs, don't they? Face plugs? <laughs> I hope not. No. <laughs> I hope not. Actually, I've, if I've, they do, I'm I've, still not going to do I it. I swear to God, I've heard of guys getting uh, hair transplants for their face so they could have a full beard. So I was always told, God, I don't know why we're talking about this right now, uh, castor oil. White oh, castor oil all over my face, and apparently it's supposed to speed up the process as I hit my mic. Speed up the process on your face and... Mm. Make it grow faster. But also known as I've snake also, oil. Yeah, I was going to say, I've also told other people I've been told that, and they just laugh, so yeah. I haven't done it. Genetics, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. So we begin today on the hardwood, the NBA, where Robert Sarver has announced that he's begun the process of selling both the NBA's Phoenix Suns and the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury franchises. Of course, this all ties back to the controversy he finds himself in, his $10 million fine and his one-year suspension for dropping the in bomb five times uh, when recounting the statements of others. You know what? Not only sell the team, move the team. Because I know a great place that would absolutely welcome this team with open arms. <laughs> let me guess. <laughs> and let me just let me just tell you the punishment you would get you would get if you had to move and sell the team and move it. it Imagine would... how unwelcome you would be in that state forever. He's going to be on. He's going to be unwelcome wherever he goes. I know, that's true. This is this is the kind he's of controversy no that will follow the man for the rest of his life. In fact, he even mentions that he calls it a, a very unforgiving climate that in which we live. And I wouldn't disagree uh, with that. When you do stuff but, like that, yeah. But he says, uh, "Ain't the nineteen fifties anymore." In man. a statement today, he says, "As a man of faith, I believe in atonement and the path to forgiveness, which I also agree with." Uh, he says, "I expected that the commissioner's one-year suspension would provide the time for me to focus, make amends, remove my personal controversy from the teams that I and so many others love. But in our current unforgiving climate, it's become painfully clear that's no longer possible. That whatever good I've done or could still do is outweighed by things that I've said in the past. For those reasons, I'm beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and Mercury, sir." In quote, an unforgiving client a climate is unforgiving when you are remorseful after you're caught. Sure, fair enough. 
he just let alone he just let all everything that he's accused of and done obviously he wasn't remorseful until he got caught he just continued to do it so why Isn't that would anyone the case, forgive a human being like that at a scum i don't buy it i don't get know out of my life i don't know uh would really? you would you be more no I, I, I would you be more inclined to forgive say a, a double murderer who served his his time in prison and paid his debt to society and now he's back out trying to live a positive life could you forgive a guy like that that is not the same thing absolutely as, it's the same how is it the same thing as as saying words compared well, to killing a human because that's that's what i'm getting at is that people would be more inclined to forgive this guy if he'd gone to prison served his time for killing somebody than they would for him saying words. That's my point. Well, if So he, he's right. This is an unforgiving climate. He's right. That's the point I'm trying to make. I guess. I'm not, I'm not defending That's a man, very harsh point to make. But it's legit. But, it, not, but it's not... This, we're talking about someone who's in the public eye all the time. You're not wrong. Should know the difference sure. between right and wrong. Should know the difference between saying the N-word more times right. than he needs to say and everything else, making everyone else uncomfortable around you. Look, I'm not defending this dude whatsoever. I know I, you're I'm, not. Ju- I'm just saying that that he's not wrong, that it is an unforgiving climate, and that people, this is the kind of controversy that he will largely go to his grave being unforgiven for, whether or not that's justified or not. That, that's the point I'm trying to make. People would be much more inclined to forgive something far, you know, far different, like killing somebody. That that was the point I was trying to yeah. make. Yeah. So I was just trying. He's not wrong. He's not going to be forgiven. That's what I was getting at. And I think that's fair. Yeah. And I think it there is it's fair to have an unforgiving climate because you need that in order to understand the consequences of your actions. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's a, obviously you know he's a primary owner of the Suns. He bought uh, one third of the team for four hundred million dollars uh, in two thousand four. Suspended for a one year ten million dollar fine as well. Uh, also involved in instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, uh, which uh, the report says, including sex-related comments, inappropriate comments of employees' appearances. Uh, he says, quote, words that I uh, deeply regret, which he calls those. Again, so. many years later, he regrets it. You know what he should do? He should sell the team, and the profits he makes from, from selling it, he should donate the money. Hmm. He doesn't need it. Why does he deserve that money? He doesn't. He's only getting that money because... He was caught doing awful and saying awful things. Well, a man who could make that kind of cash, he could probably find a way to make a couple extra bucks if he donated it. I understand it at all, that, you know. But no, and I get that, and he'll probably get a tax write-off for it too. Probably. So probably. again, it just yeah. So and then of I course, guess there's no way around. You know, this guy's won no matter what. Well, I don't know about one. I mean, his his reputation is irreparably ruined. Uh, he may still have his money, and, and I, I would argue that you, you know, he's probably just going to move to a different man of his country fortune just because we'll he's a jerk, yeah. you know. But yeah, but uh, nevertheless, being a jerk is one thing. This is different. Uh, so you got guys like Le- LeBron James, Chris Paul, Draymond Green. They've all spoken out that this punishment's not severe enough. You've had PayPal, which is the Suns' jersey patch sponsor, threatening not to renew the sponsorship if Sarver remains the owner after his one-year suspension. Uh, so you know. And, and others have called for him to resign as well. So I, I think this is the right move by him. Clearly, the punishment does not slake the thirst of, of many critics out there. And it won't. Mm-mm. But No, it won't. Whatever happens is going to happen, yeah. whether anyone likes it or not. So yeah. just kind of got to deal with it. Yeah. Now, speaking of suspensions, we go from the NBA to the NFL now, where oh. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans' one-game suspension without pay has been upheld. 
by appeals officer James Thrash. Not surprised. No. no. He is, though. Yeah, well, of course he is. He is because, I mean, I, I, we, we, played, Tom Brady. we played the audio the other day where, where he said that he wasn't too concerned about being suspended because there was a similar incident in 2017, which he said was a much more flagrant violation. That he didn't get it, and he didn't get ejected. So he's he was the only one who didn't see the suspension, uh, you know, not being upheld. If anything, he dug his own grave right there. Like, well, wait a minute. Well, let's go back and check this. So we didn't suspend it for this. No, we got to suspend it for that now. Could be, yeah, you know, could be. Make a point. Could Prove be. a point. He uh, so he's gonna he's gonna miss the home opener on Sunday against the Packers. Uh, suspended uh, for on Monday for his role in that fight on Sunday with the Saints. Yeah, which uh, yeah, let me like so he came out. Uh, he, for for yet another time, ran down Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Lattimore, <laughs> and because uh, that's what he did in 2017. Know. Yep. You know, same exact got, thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, I, you know, it, I don't hate, I don't fault him for what he did. I don't either. See, he, that's he the would thing. Have, it would have been worse if he didn't do anything, especially with a high profile athlete of himself, right. As he is on that team, right? If you don't go back up your boy Tom Brady, you're going to be looked at differently the rest of the your career there i see dudes have just gotten too soft over the over the years i mean there was a time when something like this you'd be like yeah did you see what he did kind of a you know mm-hmm. questionable decision there but whatever life goes on yep uh but uh in in a, a letter to, to evans informing him about his suspension earlier this week from uh, nfl vice president of football operations john runyon uh he said after the Wasn't play he a punter john runyon john runyon sounds like Maybe was he a punter? It's I a very, very. Is, I, I recognize every that time name. I hear the name, I think, yeah, I know the name from somewhere. Uh, oh no, he was an offensive lineman. Is that what I it was? Think. Yeah, for the Packers. We said after the play had ended, you were walking toward the uh, sidelines when you noticed your teammates engaged in a confrontation with Saints players. You ran toward the area on the field and violently threw your body into and struck an unsuspecting opponent who was part of the confrontation. You knocked your opponent to the ground, and a melee ensued involving players from both teams. Your aggressive conduct could have caused serious injury to your opponent. Clearly, does not reflect the high standards of sportsmanship expected of a professional. Okay, so he his actions created the brawl, so I can understand why he was suspended. Then, if there was already a brawl ensuing and he didn't start it, he was just going there to back up his team. He probably wouldn't have got suspended. Yeah, but I still don't disagree but with what he did. I, don't, I, I didn't. Well, I, I, to be honest, I, I, I didn't see problem, it. I should but, say I don't have a problem. Yeah. With it. I, I don't either, and I didn't see it, so I can't really oh, you didn't say see it. I haven't I haven't really seen it, but the way it was described, I don't know if it doesn't if Runyon described that properly since you've seen it. But if he started the brawl, I can see why they'd want to you know keep the precedent that you did this. We have to suspend you. Right. At least it's only one game. Sure, it's going to be against a big game, but the home actions, opener, you actions, know. man, actions. That, yeah, seek, yeah. Our consequences. It is uh, what it is. So I guess the way this all went down, Evan said he thought Lattimore punched running back Leonard Fournette in the face, right, and then pushed mm-hmm. Tom Brady. So that's kind of what got him going. He said he wasn't really concerned about being suspended because, like in 2017, this whole thing happened. He didn't get ejected. Then blah 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 blah. Uh, in 2020, Lattimore got fined ten grand for unnecessary roughness for shoving Evans. He shoved him in the back. Evans then ripped his helmet off. So these guys got history, you know. <laughs> they got history. But his suspension is going to further deplete the the receiving core there in Tampa Bay. Sure. They're already yeah. dealing with multiple injuries. They played Sunday against the Saints without Chris Godwin, Julio Jones. Um, you know, they signed Cole Beasley to the practice squad today at trying to add he'll another be pass catcher. He'll be, he'll be starting. Yeah. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. So, uh, so Evans permitted to rejoin the Bucks on uh, the 26th. Over-under of how many uh, tablets Tom Brady breaks this Sunday, especially with an even more depleted wide receiver core. 
and because I, I saw him at least throw one. I'm going with five. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked, he was mad the entire game. Imagine now he's got an even worse offense. Yeah, it's not good right now. I don't, just because Cole Beasley's going to play doesn't mean he's going to do well because they've never played. I don't think they've ever played with each other before. So if you, they have, I, 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 I don't know. They, they may have. I don't, I don't remember where. Right. Yeah, I guess Cole Beasley went to the Buffalo. Buffalo so, yeah, no, they. They have nothing. They're going to have a couple days of of time together to get ready, and yeah. it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's so, the Packers. I don't know, man. Yeah, there's a lot of frustration there in in Tampa Bay right now. And in Crazy. fact, uh, you know, tied to that that fight, uh, there was also the issue. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks uh, coach Bruce Arians got a warning about his conduct on the sideline. Why was he on the sideline? He's uh, not a coach on the team. No, but he's a senior assistant to the general manager. So be with the general manager. So he was down there with the general manager, Jason oh, Licht. Right? They gotcha. were both down there on the sidelines. Uh, and then he, uh, Bruce Arians got pretty animated when Marshawn Lattimore wasn't called for a pass interference on a, on a pass that was intended for Scotty Miller. Mm-hmm. That led to, to Tom Brady confronting officials, and then Mike Evans getting ejected eventually from the game. So this whole thing was sort of a trickle-down effect. So uh, yeah, Arians has been warned. Uh, the, the, you know, don't, don't, don't be on don't the sidelines. Don't do it again. There's a reason you're not the coach anymore. So don't be on the sidelines. You're a consultant. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, like you, you've had you've had your time in the sun. You know, don't forget it's Wednesday. It's Tom Brady's uh, mandatory day off day. Yeah, but he didn't take the day off. Really? Nope. Oh, he I, didn't. I, nope. I read today. He actually, uh, yeah, he's he's not taking the day off. What the hell is going on with that? With him and that team. Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. <laughs> Insanity. So we got more on the way. Uh, the Texans have signed themselves uh, a, a new, uh, well, they've made some moves in the in the absence of center Justin Britt, we should say. Uh, more on that. Also, big history out of the Bronx made last night. Yay. Guy you've probably heard of before. Yay. All rise for the. Why do they pitch, pitch to, to him? him? Yeah, who knows? Or I don't know. John Carlos Stanton. Why? We'll find out what happened. <laughs> that and more coming up here on the bullpen. The bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I get a chance to have my dream job here based on starting there. Um, a lot of great time. We still have a home there. Uh, friends, my wife's from Chicago, so uh, all positive, appreciative of everything that happened there uh, during my time there. Houston Texans head coach Lovey Smith there on uh, returning to Chicago this weekend as the Texans face off against the Bears. Talking about some, some fond memories he had there in the Windy City. He had a lot of memories. Mm. And then he coached uh, Illinois. That's right. For a long time, so he's been in Illinois area for a long That's time. That's right. Of course, Texans going to be searching for a, a, a way to... They've looked okay in some ways, and in other ways, not so much. One of the most crucial ways I think that they could improve is uh, closing out a game. Mm. That's something they yeah. have yet to do, mm-hmm. uh, as they are now 0-1-1 with that twenty twenty tie with uh, the Colts. And then, I can't remember the the score, 16-9, something like that, something like in that. the last game. Anyway, uh, they were leading into the late into the game for both those games. And then, just couldn't reel off enough... Offense or defense down the stretch. Uh, so Texans going to try to reset, get themselves a win this uh, this week against the uh, Chicago Bears. And uh, Lovey Smith says, you know, a lot of things to work on. Uh, pretty excited to hit the road. A lot of things we have to clean up. A lot of improvements we uh, need to make. 
we're working on those is what practice is for. So, uh, but we're excited about this week. You know, big game, another opportunity for us. You have to be able to win on the road. Of course, we like to play every game at home, but you need to be able to win on the road. Hopefully we play better and finish uh, this week. That's what it's about as much as anything. We've had moments where we play good ball. We need to be able to finish. Injury-wise, we, like everybody this time, we're nursing a few, but we'll go from there. And uh, so as we... Uh, There's always something calming about his voice. I, I don't know what it is. Let me he's, just, he's one I, of my favorites. I'm just a huge fan of him as a human. My coach. I, I just I, I just hope that he's not the right man for the wrong place there in Houston. We'll find out. I think they've already gotten rid of their scapegoats. I think they're gonna really give him a chance. Yeah. And I think he's already proven that this team is different than years past. Well, uh, I mean they, they, Bill O'Brien. They've shown they've shown signs of it. Yeah. Even even in their lackluster show, showing up uh, in you know the first couple of games this this season. They've the fact, shown signs of being a better team. Yeah. The fact that they're winning and and you know holding on to the lead at least for a bit. I know they gave it up twice now, or at least one time. They gave up both leads, leads in both games. There was it was both games. Yeah. So yeah, you know that's a sign of a, a team on on its way. You know the good ones finish, bad ones don't. So you yeah. just gotta find that middle ground and go from there and try I, and improve. I've seen their their defense improve a little bit. Uh, you know they've given up a lot of yards, but they've been able to bear down in the red zone and they've limited scoring pretty well there. Uh, entering Monday, they ranked 11th, allowing just 18 points a game. Yeah, they up more than 26 a game last season. So, you know, they're making progress there. Uh, Davis Mills, quarterback, I think he needs to learn how to move the ball a little bit more effectively and consistently. You're not going to win with Davis Mills. No, you're not. You're not. Yeah. Uh, but he's, until, until he's they the get something else, yeah. Yeah, he's going to have to learn how to. They could get Bryce. What, what if they get Bryce Young next year? That would be great. How about that? That would be fantastic. I want him for my team, but I mean. If Houston has a chance to get him, I, I would I wouldn't think they'd you know not jump on that immediately. I don't know anybody would not jump on that immediately. Um, but uh, Texans not gonna they're not gonna have center Justin Britt in the lineup uh, for the near future. They've signed uh, an offensive lineman in their active roster from the practice squad. Uh, team announcing today uh, they've signed Jimmy Morrissey, and that move comes a day after uh, Britt was placed on the on the. Uh, non-football illness list. Well, I mean, it's kind of cut and dried. I mean, uh, Justin won't, as far as the team is concerned, we have a teammate that's not going to be with us for a while. And um, just like there's an injury, when a teammate is not going to be with you for a while, it's about the next guy stepping up. Scott Quisenberry stepped up last week. <laughs> we feel like we have depth there. But we're giving Justin everything that he possibly needs to uh, to handle his situation. Did he say Quasonberry? 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 Quisenberry? Quisenberry? It's a very regal name. Why? What a name, man. That's almost as good as True Blood. Nah, it's better. Better than Quisen- True Blood? Quisenberry's better. What? Quisenberry. I don't know. Quasonberry. No, don't, don't, don't go I cannot help it. I can't help it now. It's can't, stuck can't in my head. That. Crap. So Morrissey, he was a seventh-round pick by the Raiders last year. He uh, played center at Pitt. Texans signed him off the Vegas practice squad last October. He appeared in five games, made four starts for Houston. Uh, Scott Klesenberry started in Britt's pace uh, in week two, and that week two loss. He's probably going to stay in that role as long as Britt's out. I'm not going to be able to say that name properly forever, ever again. Quisenberry. Scott Quisenot. Is it Quisenberry? Quesenberry. Quesenberry? I thought it was Quesenberry. Scott Quesenberry. I'm just trying to confuse you. I don't know. It's a I weird one, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you say it enough, and it's going to start to sound like, you know. I just want to call him a big croissant. 
Yeah. I got to stop. I got a problem. You know what? Something about <laughs> when somebody pronounces the word croissant like that, it, it, it just, hurts it's my annoying. ears. It hurts my ears. Especially like, don't be someone so who doesn't dude. need to be doing that. If you're from France. A non-French person. You're a native French speaker, fair enough. Otherwise, you're just pretentious. I'm not going to go into quacks and be like, let me get a croissant times yeah, three. Nobody, nobody times in Texas trois. is impressed by that. Is it toi? Three is toi? En deux, trois, quatre, is cinq. This, it is toi. Seats I was right. Lefties, I don't yeah. know French, yeah. man. That's about all I know. 10. One shout, out, 10. shout out to Quacks. Shout Love. out to Lake Travis Elementary first grade French class for that one. First grade? Yeah, that took, that's uh, that's first when I, grade. That's when I learned how to count. To, I was to still 10. learning how to spell Seattle in first grade. Well, we do things differently down oh, here, my friend. Oh, got him. We do. Oh, he got me. This is Texas. <laughs> this is Texas. Might, might have been second grade. I don't know. For you? I don't know. Yeah. No, I definitely I don't remember my teacher's name, but I do remember his first grade. I didn't learn. I Only didn't time learn I ever took French in my life. You know the best way to how I learned a new language was was working in restaurants and hanging out with the the, the kitchen staff. Learn to speak Spanish. Some of my favorite people of all time. They are the coolest bunch of people of all time, and I love them. I miss them. Restaurant people are good. Restaurant people are good people. Yes, they 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 really are. I've I've known quite a few myself. What are you doing over there? I was just getting us. Checking to see if we had any calls. 512-834-1027 is the oh, number. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good segue. Uh, up to Dallas we go now, where it uh, looks like uh, the uh, Michael Gallup may be close to making his, de- his 2020 debut. You know, that's the third week in a row I've heard that. We have heard this. Oh, are, are we sure this time? No. No, <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Fair enough. Anything right. can happen. Uh, I mean, uh, Mike McCarthy, head coach, you know, he said uh, Gallup's going to take a, a full slate of reps this week. Um, but, Again, I feel like I've heard that already. Yeah. Uh, another indication, though, that Gallup's close team cutting receiver Dennis Houston yesterday. Uh, and uh, Mike McCarthy actually uh, d- uh, touched on that a little bit this week. It's never easy to release a player, especially in season like that. You know, Dennis has done an excellent job really since, you know, Tommy arrived here. So, I mean, this is just really, you know, part of our roster, you know, development and moves that, you know, the, you know, the benefit is we're able to keep as many of, the, of our players that we had on the 90. You know, the challenge is obviously keeping them all here. So, but Michael Gallup will take a full slate of reps this week. So, you know, we'll give him every opportunity to get ready. And also this is, you know, opportunity for Sim and, and, and Jalen, you know, to get to get more opportunities. They need somebody out there. They do, man. Uh, uh, Gallup obviously coming off that torn ACL. He's been a limited participant in practice and for the first couple of weeks. But I wonder if this is strategic teasing. Wow, that was tough to say. Strategic teasing because they know they're shorthanded, so they got to tease that Michael Gallup might play all week. So you got a game plan around that. Could be, and then he doesn't play yet. Well, and then they don't. I mean, you know. Psyops, man. <laughs> oh, a little psyops there. Uh, Gallup caught uh, 35 passes, 445 yards, pair of touchdowns, nine games last season for the uh, hapless Dallas Cowboys. And make no mistake about it, they are hapless or they, hopeless. I mean, pick your pick your vowel there, hapless man, or hopeless. Cooper Rush looked good last week. Cooper you don't think fine. that's going to continue on? Oh no, I, I do, I do. Until Dak comes back, I think Cooper's going to be fine. That doesn't mean anything for the Dallas. Cooper Cowboys will be fine because he'll be on the bench. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We keep it nice and warm. Good for nice him. and warm. Uh, when do you think Dak will come back? Because with Jerry Jones teasing that it could be week four, two weeks from now, less than that, that seems. Uh, I mean, I know Russell Wilson kind of did the same thing with his finger, except his went a completely opposite direction, and he came back like four weeks later. Which, yeah. when in retrospect, he admitted that was too soon. So. The fact that he didn't actually completely, you know, compound fracture. He was just like a minor fracture. Like, Maybe we could see him on, I don't know. In a couple weeks. 
three to four weeks, I would I would guess. I would, know, I would probably a safe bet. Yeah, and, and it also I think it also depends on how well Cooper Rush plays as well. Yeah, yes, yeah. they don't want to lose this season. Uh, you know, and Cooper has looked real confident lately. Well, you can't you can't be successful without it, and you know, like I think the biggest thing, you know, when you see you know the, the number two quarterback, and just you know through my own personal experience, you know, when, when that moment happens and a guy has to go in the game, you know, the eyes don't lie, and 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 he has no blink, and great to see him smile, but he doesn't he doesn't blink. He's, he's very consistent, so yeah, he has a tremendously high level of confidence in, in himself and in the offense and Kellen and the whole operation. So and he obviously has a connection with his teammates. So it's uh, it's definitely something you look for in your number two. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So let's like Cooper Rush going to be the signal caller as uh, the Cowboys face off with the Giants this weekend. Two and O Giants. Two and O Giants. That's a weird thing to say. And McCarthy was actually asked, you know, how this two and O Giants team differs from oh. years past. I mean, I think like anything, you know, the thing you see in, in weeks one and two, I, I think they're playing really good energy. Obviously, you have system change, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. So, you know, a lot, lot of historical studies, and you know, really going back to the spring for us. You know, once, once the schedule you know, or June or whatever exactly when it came out, but you know, you have a chance to go back and, and do the research, Kansas City for the offense and obviously Baltimore for their defense so you know a lot lot of off-season prep goes into this one but uh, you know I think they've done a really good job in weeks one and two obviously you know one at the end of the game down there in in Tennessee so you know I think anytime you're in early season football you you get those end of game situations and you're successful on it you know with that comes a lot of confidence is the point I'm trying to make so then week two you know beating Carolina at home so they're they're off to a good start you know it's a division game Monday night football so it has all the bells and whistles and you know most importantly for us you know we spent some time on South Scott today and just make sure we're cleaning our own house you know week in and week out and uh, as, as, as we started our preparation for the Giants. Giants go three and zero after this week, probably. Yeah. No, I honestly no, I don't think so. No? I think Dallas will beat them. Do yeah. you? I don't. I don't. I don't believe in the in the two and zero Giants. Well, I don't either at all. But I definitely don't believe in the Cowboys. I believe in them a little bit more. Okay. I think I think they're the better team. Uh, it it could be close. It could be down to a field goal. Uh, I'd be shocked if it was a blowout by any by either side. But I just I don't. No, I don't expect a blowout. I don't. For sure. I don't think the Giants are who we think they are. No, I don't think they're much. Yeah, yeah. We, so two and zero, you know. Nice I have, place to start. I, again. I just I have a whole lot more faith in in the Cowboys than I do. They're they're just on paper they're a better team, so they should be able to win this game. Yeah, yeah. I I found this this article today in ESPN uh, asking if Patrick Mahomes is the NFL's greatest first first month quarterback ever. And when you and it's a weird question to ask, but when you look at the numbers they've broken down here, they make a pretty damn good argument for it. Okay. Um. So you look at his career uh, September QBR eighty six point seven, league's highest since the stat was first recorded in two thousand six. Peyton Manning second at seventy eight point six. Right. Mm-hmm. Mahomes' average of three hundred twenty two point six passing yards per game is twenty seven point two more than anybody else in the month since at least nineteen seventy. The resume continues, though. It's a completion percentage, 68.8%, best among QBs with at least 500 career attempts in the first month of the season. But maybe one of the more convincing, if not the most convincing, is 48-3 touchdown to interception differential. 16 September TD passes for every one interception. Far better than the next quarterback on the list, some dude named Aaron Rodgers, who's at 4.4 touchdowns per one interception. And this is all translating into success for the Chiefs, right? 13-2 in September when Mahomes starts. Uh, 
Roger Staubach, second among quarterbacks, with at least 15 September starts at 22 and four. Damn. Uh, 84.6%. Mahomes is at 86.7%. So it really makes a case there that he's he's among the uh, the best September quarterbacks of all time. Uh, sure. That's that's it's great a weird stat. Yeah. I, but I, just, I saw it and I had to pull it. I'm like, well, I, I didn't even understand it at first. When I said, what do you mean? Honestly, it's just like, who cares? You well, don't I win know, anything in September. You don't. It, this, this stat can, would count better in baseball than than football. Well, because it's September, right? Well, but sure. I, I guess the only the only good thing I'd see about this is you know if you're good in September, you're gonna have a obviously you're gonna you you play what four games in September. You could right. be four and zero. Oh, that's obviously a good start. You want to have a good start, start no matter what. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think I think ESPN is bored. Well, I, I look, I agree, but I, that's why I, I saw it. It was just the the headline caught my attention. I mean, that's Mister it, September. It's great that he, you know, you have he he's an elite quarterback, so that's no doubt he's about got it. great numbers, obviously, and definite Hall of, Septem- Hall of Famer. Be, being a good in September, I guess, is good because a lot of other teams usually don't sometimes don't start out that great. So if he continue, you know, if he does this every year, then that just bodes well for the team for the rest of the season, or right. at least puts you in the right spot. You're not digging yourself into right, a hole right. like they did last year, though. Well, absolutely. He's a future Hall of Famer. And speaking of that, nine players in their first year of eligibility included in the list of 129 modern-era candidates for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. Bam Bam Cam Chancellor's in that group. Names like Joe Thomas, Darrell Rivas, Chris Johnson, Gary Evans, Dwight Freeney, Navarro Bowman, uh, James Harrison, Cam Chancellor, and Shane Leckler. Bam Bam. Good for that. He won't be a first ballot, but he'll he'll get in the Hall of Fame eventually. He deserves it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. More on the way, including Babe Ruth. Ooh, got himself who? a little company now. Great Bambino did what? The great Bambino's got himself a little company in the home run race. We'll tell you about that more on the way here in the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back to the bullpen on this Wednesday afternoon. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins. Five, it is one, Wednesday. Two. That's right. It, it is, is Wednesday? It is Wednesday. Okay. Monday, part three. Glass yeah. half full, baby. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, 512-834-1027 is the number here on the bullpen. And over to the Bronx we go. Here's the 3-1. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Number 60. Slide over, babe. You've got some company. Aaron James Judge has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs. Only five dudes have ever done that in the history of baseball. He's one of them. Aaron Judge, 60 home runs right there next to Babe Ruth now. That's what I love about baseball Mm -hmm. is we can still keep relevant players from the 30s and earlier alive and well. With their amazing stats, yeah, because we got other guys who are trying to beat them now, and it keeps that whole legacy alive. And I love it. I was pretty impressed by this uh, this home run, just because uh, he he turned on a sinker, and he drew he he drove four hundred and thirty feet. I'm in awe of the left field bleachers of Aaron Judge's swing in general. Yeah. Because you remember Robbie Cano, how easy his and smooth his swing I looked. Do. I do. Aaron Judge's looks slower and smoother. It's just he's barely. I mean, he hits the ball 170 miles an hour out of there, and it looks like he's swinging the bat 50 miles an hour. Yeah, he does. It, it's, it's it's incredible. Pretty effortless for him. Yeah, pretty effortless. Uh, so with his uh, his 60th homer now, he's tied uh, for eighth place with Babe Ruth all time on the single season home run list. One homer shy of tying Roger Maris 61, which some still hold in high esteem as the actual home run record. 
pre the pre steroid era home run record, right, if you will. Right. Right. Um, so, and last night, I think uh, Roger Maris Jr. was in there in the stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Maris family, the family was there. Maris family was there. There are specially marked balls that are being used for Judge right now. Absolute dog pile in the stands. I don't know if you saw that video. Twenty year old kid yeah. caught it. Yeah, I would not have wanted to be on the bottom of that pile for you. You couldn't. I wouldn't have wanted that ball bad enough. Well, and it's funny because he just gave the ball up too. He gave it. He gave it to him. I mean, he, he got did. autographs yeah. and and a, a, a few other things. I think, but yep. more more than anything, yeah. For for being out there and in that pile, I would have asked for a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. He, he was nice, he and I appreciate have. that. But when I first read that, I was thinking I probably would ask for a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> especially the next one, and then the next one. Right. The next right. two are the big boys. Uh, so this uh, 60th home run actually came off a pitcher whose great uncle, great great uncle, Hall of Famer Red Ruffing, was actually Babe Ruth's teammate on the Yankees in the 1930s. Again. <laughs> that weird. Again, I, mean, baseball, man. I love baseball. Yeah. That is insanity. That should not be a real a real thing. Yeah. His great grandfather was a teammate of Babe Ruth, and he gave up the tying home. Wow, I love it. Only baseball, man. I love it. Only baseball. Only baseball can father and son also play together. Right. Right. We're so not gonna let. We're not gonna think about the NBA. Are we gonna right go now? talk to no. some more Mariners now? No. Is, that, is that where you're going? I'm with just this? bringing it up. I'm not saying anything else about it. I'm not yet. It's part of the beauty of baseball. Not yet. Shh. Not so. There have been nine sixty home run season in Major League Baseball history achieved by six players. Only six. That's crazy. Uh, I, I believe um, nine times with six players. Yeah, I believe Ted Williams. That? I know Ted Williams was one that did it twice. I'm trying to think of the others. Who uh, I can't remember the others who did, it, but Ted Williams for sure did it twice. Did you see the uh, the Yankee tweet resurface from twenty seventeen? Where uh, Didi Gregorius was quoted as saying, "50 is cool, but talk to me when you hit 60. Oh yeah, yeah. Five years later. Yeah, five years later, he got it. He got it. <laughs> uh, now, that wasn't all that happened. That that homer, that number 60 came in the ninth inning, right? Yep. yep. Uh, but actually, that sparked a five-run rally by the Yanks, uh, which actually culminated with this. And now the 2-2. Swung on, drilled to deep left. That ball is going to be gone. A grand slam to win the game. A no-one-out Bases loaded, grand slam, bottom of the ninth. And the Yankees have come back in the ninth inning with five runs to win the game 9-8. Stanton finally delivered a bullet line drive in the left field seats. Giancarlo, non si Barlo. A Stantonian home run, a bullet line drive in the left field seats. What an inning. John Sterling on the call there. What the hell did he say there? I don't know. It's John Sterling. Barlow. Pretty sure he likes a few pops before each game. <laughs> you know. Uh, I can't believe he didn't do that one. And that's one of the most annoying things in all of baseball. Exactly. By the way. That's why I couldn't even finish it. I'm so glad he didn't. And maybe he did. I, I, just, I, just, I can only stand so much John Sterling. And Susan Walden, for that matter. Uh, but this this was a big deal. So the, the Yanks were down 8-4 going into the ninth. And then Judge touched it off with that number 60 home run. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, John Carlos Stanton. It was, drove uh, I watched this. It was, a, it was a double 
and then it was two blue base hits. Right. Anthony Rizzo knocked that double yeah. in the center. Glaber, then, Glaber Torres, he worked the uh, walk. He walked, and then it was a uh, it was a blue base hit by Donaldson. Josh, Josh Donaldson. Yeah. yeah. And then Stantonio. And then so that was a, a 410-foot blast capping off a 5-1 rally off of uh, Pirates closer Will Crow, who did not... Did not close out. Yeah. So that's Judge, one thing we don't talk about with Aaron Judge is what he just moved himself into. Yeah, he that that sixty home run actually is dwarfing another major situation here that we have brewing also mind blowing in the triple in the triple crown race. It's, how is it dwarfing the triple crown? Well, it, it's it, crazy. It, that's crazy. It, it yeah. is, but it's crazy. And so here's the all all season long, and certainly since we've been on the air here with the bullpen, all we've talked about, and rightfully so, is over in the National League mm-hmm. with Paul Goldschmidt and the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty much took himself out of that race. Right. And now Aaron Judge is the man atop the American League Triple Crown race. By, like, what, a percentage point? He he leads Xander Bogarts, uh, the Red Sox. by uh, Bogarts is batting 315. Judge batting 316. Right? Uh, and, of course, we know he leads the league in, in homers and RBIs. He meets all yep. criteria for the Triple Crown right now. Uh, nobody's done it since Miguel Cabrera did it in 2012, mm-hmm. right? This will be the 13th ever. 13th ever. Uh, so Talk about a guy who bet on himself and won. This is like winning the lottery for the rest of your life, yep. what he's doing. Because yep. he didn't sign a big contract. I know we keep bringing this up, but that's a huge bet that he did, and he just blew up the league doing that. I can't yep. imagine how much money he's going to make this offseason. Yep. It's going to be insane. Yep. He's going to have like a 20-year. He's going to I don't know if he's going to want it, but he's going to get offered a 20-year contract cuz they're already doing the 15 would, years now. Who would take that? Who would take such a thing? Look what happened to Mike Trout. But if you're happy where you are, and you're also I you know there's going to be payouts, there's going to be buyouts, there's going to be uh uh what is it? Uh player options. They'll have all those options in there that you can opt out after a certain amount of years. Yeah. So, but if you're going to get the money, take the years, too. So yeah, you no, might as well because then you have security for the rest of your life. Even if you lo- even if they try to trade you, release you, and void the contract, there's going to be a buyout clause in there yeah. where it's, they're going to spread out that money. for. It's going to be another Bobby Bonilla contract, I guarantee it. Guy, that guy's got the greatest contract. I, I cannot see time. how. I, I know every team is making a lot more money now than they were back then, but it feels like... This is going to be another Bobby Bonilla. What does Bobby get every year from the Mets? Like $24 million? million just a million? A million dollars Just every one million, year. but he hadn't played since when? Not even the 2000s? Yeah, maybe early a 2000s? long time ago. Yeah. That dude worked himself a great contract. He sure did. Just like the cast of Friends did yeah. the same thing. How random did I is that that I brought that up? But it's true. They, Pretty their, random. Their final contract was based off of TV, TV deals. And they're on TV... All day, every day. Interesting. And they're making millions of dollars still every year off TV alone. Off the, off the reruns. Just crazy. Hey, I want to correct myself on something real quick. I was getting ahead of myself earlier. We were talking about the, the multiple home runs, or the 60 home run seasons, and I had mentioned Ted Williams. I, I, I didn't mean to mention. I was getting ahead of myself because I was thinking triple crown already. Yeah. Moving into it. So it was actually Williams. It was 47 and 42 that, uh, that Williams Got the triple crown, so that's what I meant. How my mistake. I dare you get that wrong. I know. How I mean, dare you mention that to the people of Austin look, listening? We, we, we're allowed mistakes. They're supposed to trust you. We're allowed mistakes in in football and hockey and not baseball, soccer, yeah, not baseball. but it's not allowed in the ballpark. No, no, not in the bullpen. Or in the bullpen. Not in the ballpark. Or in the bullpen. Wow. Staying in the ballpark, <laughs> the Braves have clinched a fifth consecutive postseason appearance. 
Probably, though, would have rather moved into first place tie with the division. They and, still got a chance. Well, yeah, so here's the it thing. It ain't over. The, uh, they clinched. Right there. So they won last night 3-2 against the Nationals. But the playoff berth came 21, 21 minutes after the game ended mm. when the Mets claimed a 7-5 comeback against the Brewers. Mm-hmm. So because the Mets came back and win, the, uh, the, the Braves clinched. But I think they probably would have rather done it in maybe a, a bit At more home. fanfare-ish yeah. fashion. Yeah. Nevertheless, uh, the, the, nevertheless, a fifth consecutive postseason appearance. Uh, they're just one game behind the first place Mets, and they can still control who wins the NL East. Because yeah. uh, the Mets and Braves are going to kick off a three-game series in Atlanta on September 30th. Oh, boy, that's going to be fun. Right and there there's only the 15 the games left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Enjoy your baseball, friends. Yeah. It's almost over. It was a pretty good night for the defending World Series champs, though. Uh, you know, all in all, yeah. worked out well for them. Uh, it was a, uh, a milestone night in St. Petersburg. And that streak is going to be over. This ball drilled to left field over the head of David Peralta against the wall. Two base scores. Great read by Pena. Gave Gary Pettis a chance to send him. He's going to be held up, though. RBI number 100 for Kyle Tucker and the Astros on the board, one nothing. Pretty cool moment there for, for Kyle him. Tucker. First yeah. uh, first player on the Astros this year to reach 100 RBIs uh, with that first inning double, helping propel the Astros to a 5 nothing win over the Rays at Tropicana Field last night in St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg Florida. Uh, Please keep beating the Rays, Astros. Yeah. Please keep beating the Rays. Thank you. There is a potential here. There is a potential that the Astros could see the Rays. In October, that's true. There is a potential, which is weird for me. They, if they if they maintain where they're at now, it's in second in the wild card. That's and they get out of the first round. Then yeah, they that's where that's where they go. They go back to Houston, right? That's right. So uh, you want to be hoping for that, I guess, Houston. Yeah, they could, they could face them in the in the division series this year. Um, but I mean, this Astros pitching staff is. They look pretty invincible. It's man. unstoppable. I really are. It's going to be tough. They're going to be a tough out. They entered. Yesterday, leading the AL in ERA, strikeouts, opponents' average, opponents' OPS, opponents' WHIP. They hadn't allowed a run in 21 consecutive innings. 17 shutouts, most in the season for Houston since it had 19 in 1986. That's the old Mike Scott era. Mike Scott actually he clinched the AL West that year in '86 uh, with a, a no hitter. Good for him on September 25th, 1986. That is great for you, Astros. Uh, yeah, no, it was. It was actually, so happy. It was for a great him. moment. Uh, Kyle Tucker also he became the 18th player in club history to reach 100 RBIs in a season. First full time outfielder to do it since Carlos Lee did it three years in a row, 2007 to 2009. Yeah, he's El, a great hitter, El Caballo. But Carlos Lee, he's not one you you think of going getting the 100 RBIs. Not at so all. I love that. Not at all. Absolutely. He, and the dude's batting 316. Yeah, he's killing it. I mean, you know, a name like Kyle Tucker, he's not a household name. Where did he come from? Numbers like that, maybe he should be. Yeah. Maybe he, he should definitely, be. He's a very massive under-the-radar player because yeah. he is very good. I say— um, And he's really not that far under the radar because I fear him every time we play him. He he's just He's just— He's underrated. He's just—he's he's very just underrated. He's not guys. talked about enough. Yeah. One of those quiet guys mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, we got a little news out of college football where uh, Jalen Hale, mm-hmm. four-star wide receiver, has made his decision as to where he's going to go for the next four years or so. Where? What were his options? So his options were Alabama, Alabama, <laughs> Greenbow, Alabama, Alabama, uh, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, and Texas. Okay. Four-star wide receiver. Where do you think he went? 
Uh, by the ominous tone in your voice, I'll tell I'd you right now, he, did, he, he didn't go to a And M. I'm gonna assume he went to Alabama. He went to Alabama. That's right. Good for him. Jalen Hill announced his commitment today to Alabama. Alabama football. Uh, actually, uh, so Texas hosted Hale for an official visit this month, and he got to I saw that he was decked out in Texas. He, he gear was. Too. He got yeah. to see the Horns take on Alabama. Uh, there was a lot of thought that, hey, you know, maybe he's getting to see that this is a real deal Texas football maybe if program. They won, he probably you know? The Aggies made a real strong late inning push for him. Clearly, as well, not enough money thrown at him. Not enough. You're absolutely <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, Jalen Hale headed to uh, Alabama. Good luck, Jalen Hale. Good luck to him. Good luck in Tuscaloosa. Uh, the, so sure, the it's horns, fun over there. Uh, they, they, the horns, all, all three horns quarterbacks practice this week. That's right. Which is great news. I don't believe any the the one in, the ones in question will play, but yeah, but you know they so, don't want to force them back too coach, early, man. Coach Steve Sarkeesian calls this a great sign that they were all there practicing. Uh, he says, "I last month they last Monday they didn't they didn't all practice. Everybody was in there this Monday doing mm-hmm. their team drills and different things." So. But uh, that doesn't mean they're ready, and we don't know how much they did practice, but they were correct. They were at practice. They, they practice. Quinn Ewers making progress, yeah. he says. doesn't mean he's throwing yet, or he's throwing a lot. It could just be running drills and stuff like that. Right. But that's a good sign because, you know, when you get hurt up there, it affects your breathing. That's right. So if you can't do that, if you can do that, then clearly it's healing a lot faster than, you think, than we thought. Yeah. And that's, please. Uh, uh, Malik Murphy. Had a pretty good practice, according to Sark as well, after being deemed, quote, not healthy yeah, the week prior with, now, with no quote, explanation. Healthy. No idea. And then there's Hudson Card, who you know played most of the game um, with a bad ankle against Alabama, with a little rough against UTSA, but he also practiced. That's also a really good team. That's mm-hmm. better than they— The Roadrunners? Yeah, yeah. Than, than their record shows. Yeah, they're, they're not too bad, really. Uh, I, I, I say give them some time. See what you know. What, what, could, be tough. what could come from them? Yeah. They, they've given a lot of teams hell. They gave the Longhorns hell yeah. early, early in the game when yeah. the Horns fell down. Where they were down like ten nothing, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Lean on Longhorn. those running backs, y'all. Lean on those running backs. You need them. Yeah. Um, so, good news. We'll probably. I mean, I, who do you think we're going to see? Think we're going to see Card. Yeah, card we're going to see Card. I, I have no doubt about that. He's got I another week right. to get his ankle healthy. He looked good running in the fourth quarter, so that's got to be a good sign. Maybe a little bit more focus on passing in the pocket, or maybe some uh, bootlegs, especially if his ankle is healthy. But you just you got to get him, you, you got to get him moving, and you got to get you got to get those running backs going too. He looked a little inconsistent though against the Roadrunners that's, on Saturday. But you know, that's 15 why fifteen and twenty three, hundred and sixty one yards, one touchdown. I, but I just, but you got to. I, mean, I the, don't the, think the whole he was still healthy. Looked like yet. they were kind of missing a spark. Yeah, he still isn't fully one hundred percent healthy. Yeah. So you got to maybe maybe he was second guessing himself a little bit in in the first couple quarters. You know, trying to get into a rhythm. Again, they're good. That the Roadrunners are a good defense or good yeah. team. So you know they they're better than they credit get credit, credit for. to them for sure. making Hudson have to make some secondary options. Yeah. And then trying to run, which he couldn't for a bit. But then that fourth quarter really seemed like he was. Good to go. I don't know if he got a shot or you know, a cortisone shot, but I think this season's probably going as well as it could right now for the Longhorns. I you know, guess. I mean, nobody expected them to beat Alabama, and they came within two points of doing so. It's a big what if, though, if Quinn Ewers stayed in the game. You're right. Sure. Just like man, why can't we? Re- just like with Colt ah. several years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, nobody expected Texas to beat Alabama, though. Right. So they came real close. They beat Louisiana Monroe. Maybe at UTSA, mm-hmm. two and one, 
they have the look of a, of a Big 12 contender. Yeah. They really, really do. Uh, certainly a team that's got a lot more mental toughness this year than they did last year. Absolutely. But we got to remember, the Horns were 4-1 and one last year before they started that awful slide that ended with, what, a 5-7 and seven season? I, it, yeah. Just, I feel just like it just had to be an internal issue and not a talent issue. Yeah. It was an it had to have been an internal issue where some guys just weren't buying into what Coach Sarkeesian was saying, and it just kind of spiraled. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no other reason to start that good and then just completely fall off. Well, and keep in mind too that was Tom Herman's team. True, right? And that's why I'm saying that's why I'm wondering if it was more internal than it was talent wise because. That that on paper that was a good team that just completely imploded. Sark has brought a level of uh, of of mental fortitude though, and I feel like he probably rubbed some players the wrong way that didn't want to be there with him. Yeah, and sure. didn't buy into what he was what he was preaching. Sure. Well, I mean, they they've looked pretty good though so far. You know, they've avoided turnovers uh, for the in the last couple of games. Uh, probably not going to continue for them long term, but. Uh, uh, you know, first Big Twelve season uh, or Big Twelve opener of mm-hmm. this weekend, big first real big conference game of the year for them uh, up in Lubbock, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, expect a lot of booze, tortillas being thrown, stuff like that. Yep. Which is, I think, that's what they do up there, at Jones Field or whatever the hell they play. I really think that this team has a shot, also because of culture alone. And I know Stark's been preaching that for a long time, and I keep repeating it, but there there's something to that. Especially when it's when it's well known that this is more of a player led team now than it is a coach led team, and that says something on its own and makes you believe and trust the guy next to you. So when you go into a hostile environment, I don't care if it's seven thirty or two thirty, it's still going to be hostile at, in Lubbock, and you got to be on your A game. And when you got when you know the guy behind you, next to you, in front of you has your back, you're gonna you're gonna ball out. And make no mistake about it, the, these Red Raiders. Uh, may not be on paper, but they get up near the caliber of the Horns. But this is going to be they show potentially up the last time that the Horns go up there to play before yeah. they they split for the SEC. You better believe the Red Raiders are going to be coming to play on Saturday. Oh yeah, Absolutely. and the fans will be bringing it mm-hmm. as well. Kind of like uh, you know in that final game between the Horns and Aggies. Mm-hmm. You know the Aggies brought their game that night. Didn't work out well on the end, but they played a hell of a game that night. They really, really did, and uh, it, and it was great to see. Uh, so that's about it for us today. Before we wrap up, I just found this interesting bit of news out of the fight world. Oh, the long rumored uh-oh. rematch between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor in the works for next year. And Great. if you saw their their first fight in 2017, you were probably as disappointed as I was. was Another McGregor. publicity stunt where someone's going to make ten million dollars. Well, and, right. and in typical McGregor fashion, he says he's he's looking to avoid fights where he might take any real punishment, or in other words. Pretty much the way fight he's, in he's, general, yeah. Pretty much the way he's 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 he made it through fifty and zero his whole career. One of the one of the greatest defensive fighters. Tell of all us time. how you really feel, man. I just you know, <laughs> I like boxers. Yeah, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, I would I would watch it, but you're gonna watch it. Yeah. You're gonna watch it. Don't don't sit. Don't stand there right there. I don't know. UFC President face. Dana White shot down the idea recently because McGregor's under contract for two more fights with the UFC. I'm sure money will be figured out. Yeah, yeah, could be. Anyway, that's going to do it for us on the Wednesday edition of the Bullpen. I'm Patrick Osborne. He's Brandon Elkins. We appreciate you us. Yes. And make sure you stick around. Paul Feinbaum's up next. Beto, See ya. Ed and Beto coming up later on this afternoon. Sports talk, 4 Sports to 6. Sports talk with Ed and Beto, 4 to 6. And then Jason and CJ, much, Maybe. much the next day. And then the Bullpen at 1 p.m. tomorrow. Wow. And we'll that, was, that was great. That we was did great. really good there. We'll see that you then. That was a great outro. See ya.